0: Welcome back to Probably About Politics, this episode, Austria.
1: I was there recently.
0: And now the podcast is there, Immortally. Yes. It's always recent whenever you want to listen to this episode. (laughs) Austria, probably a country that a lot of people know about. We're going back to our criticized Eurocentric politics that we often talk about. There's a lot of countries in Europe and they have a lot of elections. There's a lot of elections that happen in Europe at the... Supranational level at the national
1: level yes and while you might not be reading the news on them they definitely like are well documented which is helpful for yes yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> austria uh for those of you who don't know is a pretty small country in central europe uh played a pretty big role in the 20th century mm-hmm. and the 19th century was kind of like a powerhouse of europe kind of centrally located but pretty small pretty small population um, kind of a bridge between Eastern and Western Europe, kind of thing, uh, right in the middle. I think Mozart was from Austria. Yes, he was. Right? He was. That was a notable notable fact. people from Austria. They were
1: really <laughs> emphasizing the uh, the Mozart thing and de-emphasizing the Hitler thing, if I, if I recall correctly from my time there, which seems fair. I, I can well. understand.
0: <laughs> well, we will be emphasizing neither of those no, things today. Not not in the
1: conversation today. <laughs>
0: So the Austrian election that's coming up uh, wasn't planned mm. really at all. But, there was a snap yeah. election called.
1: But I would say that for a snap election, there is a significant delay between the snap and the election. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> a snap election with like four or five months yeah. in between them from March until September. Yeah. But this comes into play. Yes. Because what do you do when you have a snap election from a no confidence mm-hmm. vote? in a government and then all of the count all of the uh cabinet members are dismissed completely. Yes, they all quit. Can you appoint new cabinet members? What happens? Stay tuned to find out (laughs) on this new government style that happened in Austria. Yes. That uh one never happened in Austria before and we've rarely happens in other places. (laughs) I can't
1: recall. We've never talked about it for sure and I don't have a personal reference for it. But it's very cool.
0: And if we've never talked about it, then it's a really weird form of yeah. government. <laughs> Let me say that. Okay, so we're going to be generally talking about sort of what led to this snap election, what's been going on since the snap election was called in March mm-hmm. for a scandal that happened back in 2017 that only recently came out in 2019 that triggered an election that's happening now. Yes. Um party leaders that have stepped down, party leaders who were kind of involved previously that are now not the chancellor, but still party leaders in Sebastian (laughs) Kurz. And then what we're going to be doing going forward or what Austrians are going to be doing going forward and what they're going to be talking about this election and how that's going to shape up in relation to the rest of Mm -hmm. Europe.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right to me. I think we should start doing like speed recaps of elections where you just try and say as fast as possible what approximately happened.
0: What a pro, how approximate
1: can it <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Kaylee, could you give us
0: an exceptionally brief let's let's try this out right now? Okay. An exceptionally brief approximate overview of what happened in the party island of Ibiza <laughs> back in 2017 with a with an Austrian, a German, and an alleged Russian.
1: Yes. Okay. So I, <laughs> look to be fair when i heard a visa scandal i thought it was going to be something um like not that this wasn't bad (laughs) but something truly more horrific (laughs) because yeah yeah that's you know or more exciting yeah it's just there's not as much like it is a scandal for sure i understand why we're upset about it but uh it's it's less dramatic than i thought it would be it's just kind of stupidity it seems but yeah so yeah In, yeah, May of 2019, this video was published. It had been recorded in 2017, the summer of, um, and it showed Mm -hmm. um, Strach and uh, who is uh, like, I guess he was, was he the vice chancellor? Uh, He was the vice chancellor
0: because there was a coalition government between the FPO and the OVP, the Freedom Party and the Austrian People Party. Yes.
1: And Uh, so
0: the FPO was... Stretched,
1: yeah, and they're like they're definitely they're both like the um the OVP is sort of the center, and the FPO is solidly like solidly right. So, OVP is probably center right, I guess you'd say. Um, and so the FPO's leader was in Ibiza, was recorded by um some journalists i guess and and uh, a russian somebody posing as a russian um -hmm. uh like and and oligarch saying like we can how they could direct funding towards huge amounts of funding how they were directing huge amounts of funding towards the party to give them like illegal advantages and then yeah uh, buying newspapers to essentially uh yeah. Present them in a certain way to take it out to 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 have more success and gain ground in 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 power in Austria and how they how they yeah. have been doing it and how they could go about doing it um,
0: in the future and in turn how Strach would enable them to kind of have better access to these type of business opportunities yeah. in Austria.
1: Yeah. And it was, it's like, you can watch the, a lot of parts of the video on, on YouTube. Yeah. It's, it does seem, it's pretty uh, interesting in the way it was like, it's just like, there are clearly cameras just stuck all around. Like this was very, yeah. so a part of it, part of the rights part, the, the FPO's argument is that this was like entrapment in some ways, like that they were being deliberately mm-hmm. um, undermined To do this, and I—I mean, I don't think that's a good argument. If you're willing to talk about um, (laughs) undermining democracy, you probably shouldn't be leading the country. But (laughs) yeah, and part of it, he's like,
0: I had been drinking quite a bit, Uh, and so it was just like macho behavior of me being drunk and them telling me like all the stuff that they could do for me and me just like saying that i could help them do these things but whether to, or not i would actually do that it was
1: uh yeah to impress but, the beautiful russian oligarch who wasn't a russian oligarch but anyway yeah
0: <laughs> the alleged russian jane doe yeah <laughs> anyway i'm a big fan of that sentence on the wikipedia page for the abiza scandal <laughs> yeah. the alleged russian jane
1: yeah. Doe. <laughs> but yeah
0: like it sounds like something out of a movie yeah. like it it's it's like a party island scandal with like three languages being spoken in the video it's it's kind of hard to follow even if you're a bilingual in any two languages
1: (laughs) yeah it's definitely it definitely feels like um whoever did record this which is somewhat disputed i think uh Mm -hmm. from my understanding it's if somebody does know who recorded it i they could let us know but i i was not entirely clear if we had it that had been defined i guess
0: yeah and only parts of it like most of the video was seen by um media outlets Mm -hmm. and then only parts of it were released Mm -hmm. and so what happened in those other parts nobody well some people know but we don't know (laughs) and the public doesn't know and so so, something like that could definitely be spun in a way that could make it seem worse than it was, mm-hmm. and that's this is what he alleges. And there's a court case going on yes. about this right yeah. now, where he says that these people forced him to do these things and made it look worse mm-hmm. than it was. In general, people think it doesn't look worse than it was, and that it is as bad as it yeah.
1: Was. And I think that they're like even in this current campaign uh, that's happening, and then like previously, there's been like things where. Uh, this corruption or or issues of like illegal conduct or or questionable conduct have happened with both the OVP and um, the F- FPO um, and they've almost they're almost always their default is that the media is like out to get us or, or there are people trying to entrap mm-hmm. us and it, it's like I they're not if they find out it's still a problem if you're doing it and they're finding out then because I remember reading I think there was some sort of hacking um scandal that uh for overspending um that that revealed that um uh the the former chancellor now leader of the OVP's party had maybe overspent campaigning and uh they said mm-hmm. well it might be partially true that that we have overspent but it is you know the the hackers are are you know revealing this information that's illegal itself so it's kind of like I, I, yeah i see your point but also <laughs> still a problem yeah yeah which
0: like okay maybe they did something wrong but also you did so you can't just like say well it's not it doesn't count yeah yeah for those trying to keep score at home and a little bit confused why everybody has an o in their party name (laughs) uh that's because austria starts with an o in german which is the national language of austria yes Yes. (laughs) so the FPO is the Freedom Party of Austria. The ÖVP is the Austrian People Party. Um, who knows where the V comes from? Yeah. I'm not that much of a. <laughs> I'm not that deep. <laughs> so, so that's kind of what led us to the no, the no confidence vote. Yeah. So, uh, Sebastian Kurz, who was the chancellor, mm-hmm. then um, dismissed uh, Heinz-Christian Strach, who was the uh, vice chancellor and the leader of the FPO, and they had that coalition. And then there was kind of this. Kurtz was like, okay, well, I'm going to take all of the counselors that are in cabinet who are from the FPO and I'm going to dismiss them and I'm going to put in people who are just good at that job mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then they were like, well, we're going to withdraw all of our ministers. Yes. Then. <laughs> and then there was a spat. And then the rest of the parties were like, well, if there's nobody in government and now you're just putting other people in, there's also a president involved in all of this who kind of ceremonially appoints Mm -hmm. people. Um, And then there's a no confidence vote, uh, which the FPO said, well, if you don't have confidence in us to be part of your thing, we don't have confidence in you which might have been a bad translation. And people are like, wait, you think the the other side of the coalition has no confidence? Well, then we have to have a vote. And then they're like, well, that's not what we meant. (laughs) But yeah, we don't have confidence. Never mind. So then there's like no ministers involved, like cabinets empty and there's a no confidence vote. And at this point, the kind of ceremonial president Mm -hmm. has to then appoint new people. If for this interim government after the snap Mm -hmm. election, uh, and he's like, well, this has never happened before. Yes. This is, there's never even been a snap election like this. A no-confidence vote hasn't happened in modern Austrian history. And so the kind of new approach that we alluded to earlier <laughs> was this interim government of experts mm-hmm. that's been chosen. Yeah. So the head of the judicial arm of government, like the, the Supreme Court type mm-hmm. thing, Bridget Beerlin, is now the interim chancellor, yes. the first female chancellor in uh, the history of Austria. Um, also, the first independent chancellor yeah. in the history of Austria. We're just
1: breaking down barriers. And then
0: <laughs> the entirety of cabinet and all of the ministers are just the head civil servants of those different departments. Mm-hmm. Yes, pretty much. So instead of having a politician who is like a member of parliament be the head of that portfolio, mm-hmm. and then say, like in Canada, instead of having Catherine McKenna be the environment minister, and then also having like a president or leader of environment canada mm-hmm. it would just be whoever's in charge of environment canada you're the yeah. you're the minister now yeah.
1: too. the top civil servant takes the job yeah and it's been really it's really interesting i think that there was a lot of sort of back and forth in austria about whether and like because it is a technocratic government in theory i think probably mm-hmm. my instinct to, would be to say that best practice would be that they should be pretty non-partial really just keeping it going which is essentially i think what ended up happening but i know there was a lot of concern Mm -hmm. that they could set precedent for future government governance and 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 make choices that sort of set austria down specific paths because they there weren't really i don't think they were particularly confined that way like they could make choices
0: yeah and also this is kind of an interesting mix of moving different branches of power together because the head of the judicial Mm -hmm. branch then gets moved over to be chancellor. And so that's kind of two checks and balances already combined. Mm -hmm. And the upper house of, uh, parliament, the, uh, federal assembly, Mm -hmm. rather than the national assembly, the federal assembly doesn't really have that much power in Austria. And basically all they can do is say, you can't pass that bill Mm -hmm. as long as they act within eight weeks. (laughs) And if they don't do anything in eight weeks, the bill just passes. And then if it goes back to the lower house, all they have to do is outvote the upper Mm -hmm. house. And as long as they have a big enough majority, it doesn't even matter what the upper house (laughs) says. And the president is mostly ceremonial and doesn't really have that much power because they can just vote to remove anybody that he Mm -hmm. appoints. And so... This was kind of concentrating a lot of power mm. in a bunch of unelected people yes. and taking all of the power out of a lot of elected people's hands, yeah. at least for these five months of snap election
1: time. And I think, yeah, so like it's important to remember like that the idea is that them being the top civil servant slash um, or like the head of the judiciary is in theory they're um, impartial they're pretty they don't have a particular swing we all i think we you can see through that pretty quickly that definitely <laughs> they have political opinions I, I remember um i was sitting in the park talking to a friend of mine who's from austria and he's like well yeah she the Brujet is the, the new chance the temporary chancellor interim chancellor um yeah. definitely has like a center right swing although she'll say that she does mm-hmm. not like we know this to be sort of true so it, it it's like it's, it seems very tricky to put in a technocratic government because i think it, it's operating yeah. under the assumption that we don't have a political bent but uh
0: because man is a political animal
1: <laughs> yeah yes yeah
0: so that's kind of what has gotten us to where we are Mm -hmm. we have this interim government now in austria uh because of this big scandal that happened and kind of all of the fallout from that was just let's just restart the whole Mm -hmm. thing the leader of the austrian people party is still the same there's a new leader of the freedom party the kind of more Mm right-wing party um but other than that a lot of things kind of are similar Mm -hmm. to previous time before the no confidence vote and even polls going forward are pretty similar like the the ovp is still set to win the Mm -hmm. election but there needs to be a coalition formed again similar to how it was and coalitions between even the ovp and the fbo are still talked about as possibilities.
1: yeah i think that i think that the 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 fallout of the scandal was perhaps less than people had thought it would be um but additionally Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of time i mean they 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 had to take a lot of time to schedule the The election partly because of you know summer you want to there is so much that goes into scheduling an appropriate date for an election it has to be in Austria I think it has to be on a Sunday or a holiday or something like that and then also yeah there's a huge summer break where a lot of people are on vacation so you don't want to do it then so that kept pushing it and pushing it so then it takes a scandal that I think we were talking about earlier it's a big deal but it's not quite as exciting as you maybe hope and (laughs) and. A scandal
0: that doesn't really involve all of a party or all yeah. of government, especially because it's a coalition. It's half half of the government can just say, this has nothing to do with yeah. us. And then the other half is like, well, it's just this one guy mm-hmm. drunk in a room, not even in our country with being entrapped by journalists. Yeah. And I mean, this is all very partisan language that yes. they would use. But it kind of, a lot of people are able to just kind of wash their hands mm-hmm. it. Yes, and then and come back let that water run down the drain for four months <laughs> until the actual election yeah
1: happens. so so you i think it's yeah i think we 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 both see it and like i think you can see how how you basically end up with a similar outcome i mean the country hadn't been hadn't had an elected government for that long in only two years or so yeah. like you know they're not that yeah. far down the line the issues are still similar yeah and the scandal had so much time to cool uh that yeah it, it's not entirely shocking that perhaps things are going to reset to pretty much be the same, I guess. Yeah, the other,
0: uh, for the sake of completeness, yeah. and as much as you can be complete in a 30-minute <laughs> uh, whirlwind tour of five years of governance <laughs> and an election uh, and multiple governments in place, um, the Social Democratic uh, Party of Austria mm-hmm. uh, is kind of like the third party That is kind of has historically been the counterpoint to the Austrian Mm -hmm. People's Party as kind of the center right and kind of center left to left party Mm -hmm. that most countries kind of have, Mm -hmm. and so they're they're polling similarly to before the scandal and the previous election. and so they're looking to still get about a third of the votes with the OVP getting probably more than a third mm-hmm. of votes, a plurality of the votes. The FPO kind of losing a bit of steam yeah. from previous, but still getting maybe a third, maybe a little under yeah. a third. And so as it is with many um, European elections, the real kind of shifts that happen are not in the actual voting because of the way that things are allocated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really change that much, but in the formation of coalitions, yes, going forward.
1: yeah, and the, yeah. So the question is, is yeah, do, do the OVP lose just enough where they're not the the coalition partner to put put or, or do the OVP lose enough that um, they have and and that they have to go back with their former coalition party? Do they want to go back with the Freedom Party, the FPO? Mm-hmm. Um, they in theory like there were some people that are saying that the New Austria and Liberal Forum the NEOS uh, could be a good partner mm-hmm. for them because they had actually not voted down the government they were the only party not to mm-hmm. um, and then the Greens seem a slightly unlikely partner but it could they could happen like yeah. so there's those are the three parties that will probably come up and get to make a coalition because it's, uh, it does seem unlikely that the OVP will be able to they're not going to get a likely an outright yeah. majority
0: yeah, a lot of it comes down to how many seats do mm-hmm. they need to make it over over that line to be con- to have a, a functioning uh, government yeah. that can pass legislation. Uh, if they're very close or very far away, then it mm-hmm. determines how big of a party they need and what what happens going forward. Yeah, but something that something other that will determine those types of coalition building and how the government. Um, goes forward because it's it's pretty cut and dry how the polls look. They haven't really been changing that much. Mm-hmm. There's slight trends but because of the way that things are allocated proportionally, there's not huge swings in whether or not you can barely eat out a bunch of seats which look, we're kind of seeing here in Canada for mm-hmm. this election yeah, yeah. <laughs> in 2019 <laughs> um, without a popular majority but you can end up getting a majority uh, or not even winning the popular vote but that doesn't really happen in Austria mm. and so forming coalitions going forward can depend on the way that people vote and kind of what issues um, kind of determine who votes how. Um, And so there are kind of a shifting view of issues in Austria for this election than kind of have been previously. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's so I think yeah, what we're talking about is that there's about a third. Um, I guess what I the, our, the stuff I was reading is about a third of the electorate that is like still undecided. So that, so the polling indicates that yeah, like it's going to be the same, but there's still some people who are not committing and, um, and then it's and then an interestingly like migration, is and has been for a long time a big topic. Um, uh, mm-hmm. the Kurtz Sebastian Kurtz was very you know had has put down some pretty stringent rules about your ability as if you're an immigrant to uh, or a refugee to access um, like living, living funds and and social benefits mm-hmm. that come with living in Austria um, and, and has really tried to scale that back. Um, and that s- seems to be in line with how Austria is feeling about uh, migration in the, in the European union. Um, yeah. On a whole, so that's a big one, and and it has been for a while. But then, even more so, um, I think a lot has gone towards. Uh, there's a there is some to do with political transparency and party financing, because for obvious reasons of the scandal, um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, and and climate change, which we have we covered in the previous one, is really coming up to the the forefront of the minds of a number of Austrians, which I think is is very interesting. And so you look at sort of the economy is always going to be there. And that's uh, that social fairness economy um, are big topics, but then you also have climate change and migration um, and the EU uh, and how do, how does Austria like fit into that? How are they going to tackle these big, bigger problems um, both themselves um, and with Europe? Because I think definitely with the OVP and, and, and their their previous coalition party the FPO, there was a real austria first mentality that we've seen in a number of countries develop um but it's hard to tackle climate change uh, on your own (laughs) um yeah Yeah. we see
0: a lot of kind of more outward looking um perspective in this Mm -hmm. election coming up which uh we've kind of talked about quite a bit i guess maybe in the last Mm -hmm. year in uh our kind of our summer school uh, episode Mm -hmm. on the European Union and with the German election that we covered, I guess, almost a year ago now, (laughs) even though their government only formed, what, like yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, From that very old election. Um, And a lot of this, and I mean, in the news-dominating story that is the train wreck of Brexit, (laughs) there's a lot of European governments um, looking very much outwards, very much at the European Union, maybe because there's kind of this this shift towards Euroskepticism mm-hmm. being kind of a, a more popular view, mm-hmm. or at least a more pluralistic view, <laughs> yes. uh, getting more seats um, generally. Uh, but this is kind of a trend that is happening in Europe that we've seen in mm-hmm. the last few elections that we've covered, and it's continuing to happen in, uh, in Austria, yeah. where... It's kind of that continued wave of the last few years of doing mm-hmm. this podcast of rise of populism, rise of the right wing, sort of, we see kind of not as, not as strong as we've seen in other countries that we've mm-hmm. covered uh, in Austria, um, but a flavor of
1: it. Yeah, I think it, there's some pretty worrying, there's some worrying trends within Austria that it, that seem to be kind of, I mean, it is sort of on the edge of Eastern Europe when we know that there, uh, that governments in, in Hungary and Poland have taken mm-hmm. some worrying turns, um, and I think would be quite supportive of an F- OVP FPO coalition in Austria. Um, that there is a fi- like it, this Austria first is kind of a, a troubling mentality to be taking over there um, in terms of uh sort of right-wing populism and there i think there's a lot of questions to be had i mean we we when we covered uh greece when we revisited greece we did say like the the narrative seems to be that greece was kind of like the first to go to populism and now they're coming out so who knows like it's hard to tell where the trend is headed um but uh we certainly see um, yeah, the rise of, of these populist leaders um, and the sort of distrust in media that is trying to be framed. Um, and I think mm-hmm. um, the role that Austria had in throughout the, the 20th century um, in, in the Second World War, which we're not going to we won't dive into, but it definitely leaves some people with, uh, I think, that sort of fresh memory of like, you didn't need you don't need a lot of power necessarily to uh mm-hmm. to to disrupt um uh, healthy democracies and uh and 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 if europe all goes one goes towards the right what does that mean globally what does for and what does it mean for the eu for austria to it, are they going to is austria going to play in the eu it certainly sounds like they will because they, I think, are still pretty dependent on them, and they supported the the election of the new president of for the EU or the and everything. So it doesn't sound like they're they're gonna they're not brexiting at any point. I don't think realistically. But um, these trends are all something important to watch. It's important to know that Austria, who's kind of on the brink of the west and the east, is is has been going right certainly in the last few years.
0: Well, I think that is a nice, uh, not so fast, uh, (laughs) coverage of the, uh, Austrian election that's coming up. That was not a planned election. And so it seems like it will be generally more of the same, but maybe with a little bit of spice added, uh, going forward. So closing on, um, Austria and going to our, uh, fun things to talk (laughs) about. (laughs) that Austria, that was a very interesting coverage of the election and it's a it's a kind of a nice election to watch because it kind of encompasses a lot of the things that we've been talking about and it kind of puts a lot of the pieces together. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if you're looking for an election to look at that you can, if you've watched your summer schools and you want to say, hey, I want to see that in action, mm-hmm. Austria is a good election yes, to watch. Yes, right that's now. true. <laughs> um, it's very interesting. Um, but, Kaylee. Can you give us a highlight, not on what's been happening in the last two years in Austria, <laughs> but in what's been happening in the last week of uh, Secretary General of the United Nations Antonio Gutierrez?
1: Well, I certainly can. Um, I think Gutierrez, is a, it's having this segment is kind of interesting to see, like the way he's kind of got his uh, his finger and all the issues um and and i think when we're talking about sort of the move to right-wing populism the um we didn't talk about it much in austria but there is a, a strong undercurrent or overt amount of islamophobia there um and so the un the un chief has sort of called for Called for an in- increasing respect for religious sites and um and and uh, freedom of religion as a as a principle. Recently, he's also been dealing in an election we didn't get to cover um, with Afghanistan because um, that would take us a very very long time to tell you all about. Uh, <laughs> um, and and many PhDs have been done on the topic, but yes, uh, Afghanistan has a very big election coming up, and it's uh, sort of. Uh, quite tense it was hard to tell if it was going to get to go ahead in in the end um and Mm -hmm. uh gutierrez is is sort of warning about the islamic state still having strength uh in in that part of the world um, and the importance of afghanistan being able to have a secure election because there's been a lot of chaos around that so the and Yeah. And so and also with with Pakistan and India, he's he's had his finger in there as well to say that he's not uh, they're trying to uh, come to some accord about their in their disagreements. India wants to handle it internally. But Mm -hmm. um, the UN, um, specifically Gutierrez, has said if requested, he would go and uh, act as a third party, a third party moderator to that situation to try and help them. Uh, come to some sort of uh, agreement, uh, peace agreement, I suppose. Uh, so, yeah. Wow, Gutierrez is yeah. taking pretty active. <laughs> well, role. I mean, he. he I think it, it sounds a little. He sounds a little uh, hesitant too. I don't. He's only doing it if he's going to be asked to. The UN will only participate if asked. But which is always, yeah. I think, generally the role they want to take. Um, and it would be better if India and Pakistan mm-hmm. can figure it out. Uh, yeah. So it's it's busy, and I think very topically. I think similar to how we were talking about him and climate change how he's that's been an active thing i think these trends in austria are trends globally and so he's also having to comment on those a lot and encourage um Mm -hmm. the best behavior i suppose (laughs) the best behavior possible (laughs) thanks antonio
0: and now in something completely different but also Mm -hmm. something very active
1: space news Right, yes, the segment I never know anything about. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) This week, uh,
0: you may have seen this in the news. Um, Not really that newsworthy, but it's kind of a fun headline that was in the news. Did you hear that the black hole at the center of the Milky Way, Mm -hmm. Sagittarius A, Mm -hmm. is getting more active, Mm -hmm. eating more things? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I did not hear. Um, I would like to say that every, t- I think this segment should be renamed Space Facts to um, let's give Kelly <laughs> deep-seated anxiety. <laughs> but okay, carry on. Why is it eating more things?
0: Nobody knows why it's eating more things. Okay. This is science in action. Uh, but a lot of the headlines were like, the black hole at the center of the galaxy is getting hungrier. Oh, and it's going to eat, eat us up. Right. Fear not. Despite all the things that you should worry about listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. a black hole twenty six thousand light years away at the center of the Milky Way, not that big a deal. Okay. Um, uh, it's we don't really know why it's getting why it's getting brighter. So these astronomers made some observations of this black hole. It's getting hungrier, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. It's eating more stuff, and people know that because it's getting brighter because more stuff is falling in, and uh, when stuff falls in, it emits light,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and so. It's been the brightest that it's been since you and I have been alive, Kaylee.
1: Wow, okay.
0: In the past 25 years, it's never been this bright. <laughs> and it's actually twice as bright as, as it's ever been. Oh. So uh, there's, you know, two bright things. Yeah. Your future oh, well, and thank this you. black hole. Well, I mean, since you've been the future
1: alive. is minorly brighter in that we aren't going to be <laughs> eaten by a black hole. And uh, that's my takeaway for today. But
0: a fun part of this is that I didn't know this the brightness of black holes mm-hmm. generally in like radio astronomy mm-hmm. it's just a, a unit that's used measured in mille Janskys.
1: okay did somebody get that named after them or is it like a scientific thing
0: yeah named after some guy named uh carl gutta jansky okay but i just think jansky is that, a really funny that's
1: unit. a that's a pretty funny way of, yeah pretty funny unit okay why
0: it's a non yeah. it's a non-standard uh, unit like the standard unit is just watts per meter square per hertz. Sure. Which is really boring. Or you can name it the Jansky.
1: <laughs> Good. Yeah, that's better. That's more <laughs> which fun. Which I think
0: is a... F- I mean, okay. As scientists, really the, f- the most fun you get to have is funny words mm-hmm. that are just named after people's last names. Yeah. Um, but in my opinion, the Jansky is an excellent name for a unit of measurement. Mm-hmm. And uh, a more fun note to end on than uh potential <laughs> uh, requirements for intervention from the un yeah uh in international conflict
1: yeah so like let's leave on the note that uh look a black hole could not eat us alive today and that's uh every day is brighter
0: uh, it, it is yeah literally especially if you're looking with very powerful telescopes <laughs> directly at the center of the milky way it's the brightest it's ever been uh so with that Thank you for listening to this episode of probably about politics. Um, If you want to get more info about this election, we've got a newsletter that comes out with every episode that includes reading lists of articles that we read about this election that we thought were the best of the best Mm -hmm. from what we read. Um, We have links to uh, people who send in pictures of them wearing our merch. We have links to buy merch. Uh, in the future, we have a website that you should check out. Uh, uh, That's we'll very exciting. Too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you want, um, you can tweet us at politics, uh on Twitter or send us an email at probably about politics at gmail.com mm-hmm. or find us at the uh, difficult but free uh, URL uh, probpolitics.wixsite.com slash podcast.
1: Yes. And also rate and review.
0: Remember to rate and review and comment on a podcast. I will remember to say that someday without you prompting me, Taylor. I will remember to say that. But all I have to remember to say right now is thanks for listening and see you next episode.